Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. My name is Emery Wolf. Joining me is... Nick Lamb. And we are just two camera guys, a show where we're going to talk everything camera. Nick, what do you know about FPV drones? Um, DJI just came out with another one, or actually their first one. But um, a good friend of mine flies FPV drones, and it's very hard. It's difficult. Have you ever seen video footage off them? Yes. What do you think? Um, I actually like it because it really does show off the talent of the operator. It's like, it's one of those crazy things that I always wonder, how many of these did you crash before you got this shot? Myself, I loathe it. Uh, really? For, for video, right? Like, I mean, I think there's very few, like now I'm talking like when you get into like a real video solution, how often would you actually use one? I think if you're shooting an action movie, chasing a car, sure, maybe, mm -hmm. just so that you can keep those speeds up. But uh, other than that, if it's not fast, what's the point? Um, as a standalone product, I think that there is, you could actually do a YouTube channel just around flying FPV drone. Like, it looks that cool to watch the footage. Um, I would watch it a lot, I think. I will partially agree with you. And I think this is like part of my old manism in me, but uh, that's where I think like a space where that stuff really will go well. Like if you're doing an Instagram or a TikTok or something, that's where FPV will suit you just fine because it's great in a mm -hmm. short time span and that's it. And then it's gone and it's by, but it's, it's nothing that's ever going to be memorable. You're not going to watch some movie someday and be like, Oh man, do you remember that FPV shot? It's not going to happen. Yeah. There, it, there's some wild ones that it, are out there where it's like a guy's probably dangerous and nobody should be doing it, but where it like goes in between the train, like train moving down the tracks in between yep. each car kind of thing crazy crazy stuff yeah but it works in in small portions yeah um which is perfect for the entertainment now uh we were talking with justin last week about how the the entertainment is changing and and that's exactly what fpv is is fitting actually so like realistically even though i'm saying it's hot garbage it's i'm i'm wrong because i don't matter i'm not the the market for that it the thing that you would be able to appreciate is it does take practice you can't like to get those crazy shots that you see you don't just hop on and like fly through a bridge and in between the different like that that's not something that you just start doing like that takes years and tons and tons of hours to get to that level yep absolutely i i can appreciate it as a craft like that uh, for sure. And watching, uh, I know like Peter McKinnon did one and, and Maddie did one as well, but, uh, watching what Maddie can do with it versus other people, it's, it's impressive. Right. And, and he loves that stuff and, and like good, good for him. But other than videos that are specifically about FPV drones, I haven't seen those videos show up in his other stuff. Well, I think Peter McKinnon actually gave up flying the drone because he realized it's hard. Maddie's, good at it. Maddie's the one that does it a lot now. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, it doesn't make his regular everyday video unless he is specifically talking about FPV drones. And I think there's a very clear reason for it. And it's because as a camera tool, garbage. As a toy, probably 
loads of fun, loads of skill, loads of everything. I would actually do it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've spent the last five minutes just like berating it, but I would totally buy one and, and fly one. Yeah. It's, um, it's tricky though. Like, I don't want to dedicate the time to learn how to do it properly because it doesn't, you're right. Cause it doesn't fit into the tools. And if I ever need it, um, I know a guy, a good friend of mine, Colin is world-class at flying those things. So yeah, yeah. just get him. We're going to start seeing a, a Nick Lamb uh, TikTok page and it's all FPV. It's just, just how I, why I'm broke because I keep flying my planes into the side of a bridge and each episode is me having to go buy a new one. Yeah. So the other thing too, Nick, we are into the dub hub, as they say, and uh, today rocking some Ronnie Hextall, former nice. Brandon Wheat King, uh, and actually probably about the first goalie I ever actually liked and mostly because he crushed people specifically Chelios, one of the greatest moments in hockey history and awesome. his and his fight with potvin was great so we've got robbie coming up next and i just wanted to mention a few things to put some context to robbie uh so robbie snooks so um what i know robbie from is being not a sports videographer or anything like that, but basically the production crew leader behind live production sports, specifically hockey, where Robbie will organize everything from the script of how it's going to run to where the cameras are going to be placed to the directing the actual show, calling which angles are up, calling up all the replays. And Robbie is a master at building a show from zero. Like, so he can go into places that don't even have a show, put all the pieces together and come up with like a really good quality show. That's how I know Robbie. Uh, perfect. Yeah. And you know what? He's just a genuine good guy. If you, if you ever get to talk to him, he's one of the nicest guys. Um, so with that said, uh, let's talk to Robbie Snooks. Introduce yourself, Robbie. Let us know what your <laughs> primary business is and basically what you do. That'll be the whole podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how far back do you want to go? Okay, so... Well, what are you doing... Hey, my name is Robbie Snooks. Yeah. Well, yeah. what are you doing right now? And then we'll backtrack it from there. So right now, I'm completely independent. Uh, I guess you could say video producer slash contractor. Jack of all trades gets hired for all types of things. <laughs> from small little one camera shoots to big 12 camera productions, um, depending on the client and, and the event. Um, I tend to focus on sports production. That's my bigger contract. So I do the local hockey team here in Chilliwack, the Chilliwack Chiefs, the 2018 national champions. <laughs> nice. You got a ring. I, I got my own ring. No with way. My, with my name on it. That's awesome. Oh, wow. I know. Do you know what we we I don't know if you remember Keith Hirschmiller. He's the photographer with the Pats. Of course, and uh, he's got uh, uh, 
I, I can't remember what they call it. It's a special kind of coin that they deal with, like with the RCMP. I'm pretty sure that ring trumps that coin. That's wild. Oh, it's it's solid. Yeah, it's the day that I got. It. You know what was neat is I, after the event, Hockey Canada, I mean, I don't know. They treat you pretty well. They know how to kind of come in and make you feel special. So they got me a jersey, a Canada jersey with my name on it, which was nice. And because it was 2018, it was 18, which happens to be my number, <laughs> which was fun. And they also, I also got a medal that all the players got. So up until that point, I was like, oh, this is great. I, you know, I'm just the video guy and I kind of get the perks of the players. But you know what? Like it, it was a tough year. The team like got knocked out early. It was supposed to do a huge run. They fired the coach like a week before the RBC Cup. And the team just gelled at the right time and they, they couldn't be stopped. Like they were, they were on fire. And so it was, it was a, an emotional couple of weeks too, because my, my best friend who was also the color commentary was battling cancer and he actually uh, passed away not that long after. So there was a lot of emotion involved and yeah. So a few months later when the ring showed up and, and they invited me down to the office and I was, yeah, I was pretty blown away. So, yeah. So that, that would be, I would say my biggest contract. Cause obviously it's like, you know, most of the year I do the video review for the Vancouver Whitecaps, which is, uh, that's a whole other discussion, but it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of be right in there in the mix. And uh, I'm, I'm on the headset with the referees on the field and, in, in my hands, I have the ability to kind of dictate the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, what I, I know you as, this is what I know you as, you've got an ability with sports to not just see the video side, but really the big picture. And you've got a way of tying everything together really <laughs> well. Um, like, how did you get to be able to do that? Like, um, cause it doesn't come natural. Like a lot of people are like, they'll see the technology. A lot of people will either see the production, you know, it's really tricky to tie everything together. I think, you know, I try to, sometimes when you get mixed in with the work and, you know, your passion kind of becomes your work and you're, you know, you're focusing on the day to day and then you have, you know, when you have kids, you all of a sudden it, it's actually a bigger responsibility. And I, sometimes I try to check myself and think back to what I was passionate about and why I got started. And I think doing camera and getting started doing camera, I always, like I enjoyed, but I always kind of saw it as, um, as just a step along the way. So even when I started volunteering at the TV station, my first job was, I think it was just like floor director or something. And then I got into doing camera, but I was always paying attention to everything that was going on. Like, it, it, like even when, so I, I always wanted to know how everything was working and not just how each of the things were working, but how it tied in. I didn't need to be an expert. Like back, I, I still think I'm like horrible at audio, but I know the right people to hire for the jobs. And <laughs> <laughs> and I can, it does always kind of bother me in the back of my head that I'm not an expert at all these areas, but that's my own sort of character flaw. But in the process, I learned enough to know what I need and who, which type of people I need to bring in and fill those spots. 
So, and one of the bigger examples, like most of the jobs actually around here, I'm training people that have, that have never really done it before. And so I think I'm maybe better at teaching people than, than maybe doing it myself. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but I kind of pride myself on that. Lots of people that I've trained have gone on and work, you know, at CBC or with the Vancouver Canucks or the Whitecaps or any of those. Right. So, uh, from what I've seen, it looks like you've done a lot of extra work helping other people out with that, which I'm sure feels good. And it also sounds like you, you ended up, uh, winning an award from the chamber, I believe. Well, thanks. I didn't win it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I was nominated for a couple. Actually, it was interesting because normally I'm doing the awards and I'm creating all the graphics and I'm doing the, like the gala presentation and they went a little bit of a different direction. And, and so I wasn't involved with it. And, you know, at, the, at that time, I didn't know I was nominated when they were like, you know, we're, we're not sure what we're going to do. So I, I had a little bit of high hopes because um, I figured maybe they were keeping me out of it because they knew I won, but <laughs> no, um, no, I, I mean, it was an honor to be nominated. Like it's, you know, you, every year you kind of see all these businesses and they're doing great things and then they're being honored for it. And, and then, you know, you kind of think about all the hours and I always joke that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always invited to these things to work, but I'm never actually invited as as you know, as someone who's getting inducted. And of course, the year that I finally get an award and there actually there isn't a gala, I, I, I don't get to sit at the table and <laughs> enjoy it. But yeah, one of the awards was back to your question was about um, it was just like innovation and uh, adapting to the change. And yeah, it was a tough when the when, when the first kind of lockdown happened, I mean, everything just and you guys know, kind of just shut out, shut down in a day. So yeah, for, for two months, I didn't do a thing. I didn't have one job until the schools realized like, okay, we need to figure something out. And then I started helping them. And then some of the organizations and charities I work with, like Bulls of Hope, um, normally would raise money at these galas that I would offer my time to, to put on like a production and, and sort of help sell you know, tickets and help sell the event and get fundraising activities. And that was all canceled. So a few of us got together in the city and decided to put on the, the give-a-thon and we raised, uh, I think it ended up being like a close to 150,000 in a, in a 12 hour live straight telethon, like telethon type thing. And, um, so that obviously, probably contributed to the nomination and I got involved with virtual conferences. So some of the other clients I've worked with, you know, filming their conferences, they, they were trying to figure out like, what do we do? So I was lucky in a way because for a few years I've been dabbling with remote productions where I actually last year, I produced a couple football tournaments where I only sent the camera people out. This was like two years ago. I only sent the camera people out and got the feed sent back, the play-by-play, -play, the replay, myself. We, we were all here in Chilliwack, and it was only the camera operators in Kelowna. Oh, wow. So yeah, we, that, and that's, it, that bodes great for us. Hey, Nick, we're still going to yeah. have jobs. Still <laughs> yeah, we'll be us. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
yeah, so that was sort of dabbling with the technology, like with SRT and using NDI. And so it was interesting because naturally we were kind of getting into this technology, never knowing that it would become mandatory and that even the big networks would be switching over to it and stuff. So it's it's been kind of neat to see everyone adapt so quickly. And some of this technology is obviously like progressed and in a way it's frustrating because it was so slow going for like years. And then all of a sudden there's like, everything's available and it's easy to do this. And someone could easily just get on and do things really quickly where I spent like so much time. But I, I joke that like, finally everyone's kind of showed up to my party, <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, nobody knows I'm here. <laughs> you know, being, you worked with our crew in Regina. You were one of the, the big parts of it that helped set it all up. And, uh, you know, our, our small crew, one, one of the things I was always proud about is that our like in-house crew got contracted by Shaw TV to shoot the playoffs one year, which is like, I feel like that's pretty much unheard of. Right. Um, so how do you feel like being a part of that and knowing that, that you were a big part of raising that crew? You were a part of that? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm camera kidding. guys we never get respected eh? I'm, I'm kidding because uh it's so funny because i actually i have to remind myself of some of these experiences because they start to really blend in you know when you work in sort of event production and you're like that's right like i did fly back and forth from from bc to regina like i think it was like 72 times that year or something ridiculous. All I know is I got a free room at Whistler at the Hilton with my points from the double tree. <laughs> <laughs> so Amory, the first time that I ever operated camera for a hockey game, Robbie was the director. So he just came to Moose Jaw and then, and this is how he put it up. He was just like, he put everybody on a different camera. So it was like, I'm just going to use the number like camera one, two, three, four, five. So there's a wide tight follow end zone handheld. And he cycled everybody through each camera. I think it was every period or he had a game. So we did, it was all preseason, but everybody tried each camera. And then Robbie was like, then tell me what the camera you want to do. And I'm not guaranteeing you'll get it, but at least I'll know where <laughs> you're comfortable and stuff. And, um, and I went through all and So I'd never operated hockey before. And I was like, I like camera two. I want to do tight follow. <laughs> and so I went, it was like, I didn't start at one or I was just like straight to tight follow. I always found that funny that Robbie let me do that. Yeah. I think I felt, I felt like you definitely had, even though you didn't follow hockey before per se, I felt like you had the most knowledge like with operating and I just felt confident that you'd probably be the best to start off in that position. Um, I know you might think like, what was he thinking? <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking that, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not that, not that everyone else wasn't capable. It was just one of those things where I'm like, okay, I know, I know Nick will start off pretty well enough to, so, cause what I had to think of is it's really, it was really odd. Like when I think back to just showing up in August, and having to create this game show, the cables weren't even ran yet. I had to still buy all the equipment. I had to hire all the staff. Like 
Like it was like six weeks. I had to do all that. Like it was ludicrous. And the funny part is what I've learned from Moose Jaw, uh, love to Moose Jaw. I, I still care a lot, but I probably, I probably should have said no to a bunch of that. Like I probably said, you know what? Like I, I need at least three months for this, you know, and they, they didn't bring me in until the first of August. I probably should have shown up, you know, the, in June mm-hmm. and had a little bit more time, but so I did learn a lot about that and I did learn what I need to say no to if the time comes for things and, and just be realistic. So now I think I have, I have a much better knowledge of what these things take. So you're not working a hundred hours a week. Cause that's what I was doing. Like luckily Cassandra was in, I think she was in Africa at the time. So it was just me. So I was able to kind of work from like seven in the morning until 10 at night for those, that first little while. But yeah, none of the content was done. I had to create all that. And I knew I would get, I wouldn't get it all done. And I, I'd have to work a bit throughout the season to kind of get to where it should be. But yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky. I remember thinking like how lucky I was even to have that group of staff to start off with. Like I, 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 my goal was just, okay, if, if I just get one or two that are really good and then everyone else can, it'll take some time, but get up to speed. And, and, you know, in a way we did that, but, but I was worried it was just too much. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it'll forever be like that first game getting through it and, putting on a decent production and that little of time will forever be like one of one of my biggest accomplishments. Well, I still pass on. So I still pass on the advice that you give specifically for tight follow um, where Robbie basically said, you don't have to get every goal, go out there, do your best, get as tight as you can. And if you miss one, no big deal. And it's like that attitude kind of switches everything from I can be loose, I'll follow it, I'll get 90% of them. And if I miss one, no big deal. But the 90% that I get are going to be way better than if the goal was to get 100% of them. Because it's almost if you're trying to get 100% of the goals on camera two, your replays are going to be okay. Yeah. But you can make amazing replays if you're getting 90% of them. <laughs> if I have that camera and then I could have the wide shot as a backup. So then, yeah, it takes the pressure off that tight follow. And um, I've, I've, I think I've always approached it that way. Like I don't, it can be nerve wracking. Like I'm, there's times where I've had to jump on camera <laughs> at some things that I've, and you know, when you get, I'm like, wow, it's been so long and it's just time and comfort. And then it becomes, you know, muscle memory, right? I could always tell the people that I've been doing camera like a long time because they won't even think about it and they won't be worrying about missing. You know, they know the director isn't, shouldn't flip out if you miss something because there's a bunch of other angles and it's just, it's impossible to be perfect. Like, I don't know if you were there that game where Cassandra did replay my wife. And she accidentally played a goal for the other team. And then everyone in the rink booed. I do remember that. So that was, how long ago was that? That was like, like eight years eight ago. Eight years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, get I this. I still tell the story sometimes. It's well, fun. it's only been recently 
that we can talk about it with her out her still getting upset. Oh, really? <laughs> like it stuck with her because she knew, first of all, like she's in this position and she's already feeling anxiety and, you know, and then she knew the position I was in and how it could affect me, you know? Yeah. A lot riding on that. And it's hilarious because it's happened a few times since like, you know, with the chiefs or whatever. And it's just, it's just funny. Like everyone just laughs. Right. And it's like the way that you queue up your highlights and play the replay for the goal, unless you've made a special pack for it, it's like one tiny line on an Excel sheet basically is how you think yeah. about it. Like you click on line 22 or do you click on line 20? Like it's so easy to do. It's crazy. Yeah. So easy. And that's why now, like, it's funny how you learn things. And then now with my current setup, like if, the, cause we have a ridiculous amount of promos, like way more than Moose Jaw in order to manage them. Like I've, I've trained them to be a lot better at tagging. And then now what they'll do is create, own little banks where they'll have the bumper and so like the odds of it happening are super slim now and that's just the way you have to go about it so it's kind of how i approach most things is like how do you prevent mm. catastrophe from happening and do i have three four um you know backup plans for every situation and like even for today right i'm like okay i have my handheld i got this mic i can use my ear pods i'm like just for, you know, a Zoom call, I'm thinking of all the backup tech things just in case, right? Yeah. You know, like I even have two backup cameras here if I have to. <laughs> uh, man, I feel for your wife on that. I, You know, as a, as a regular person, all of a sudden, you know, not having not experienced it and then all of a sudden having a couple thousand people boo you, that, it would be traumatic. Yeah. I mean, who <laughs> yeah. likes to be booed and then to have to, and that's the thing, right? If the way the moose job broadcast booth is situated there there's a big bonus to having you know to be able to feel the crowd and hear the crowd and then there's the one time where it might not be so good to actually hear <laughs> and that would be it but yeah, but yeah she's gotten over it <laughs> and thankfully like when you make a mistake like nine times out of ten people don't know but then there's that one time that and one that's time. the one right yeah i do yeah. always tell the story about how so robbie put me I got the new camera, the tight follow right away. And I remember one of the first games, it was like preseason and the big screen was brand new and we big scored screen, a goal. Nick? Well, it was big toss. <laughs> um, it was we big scored toss, a goal <laughs> and we probably played the first replay and he played it from the first one. And then he played it from camera two. And I heard this guy and like right in front of me, yell because I'd missed the, the shot like i missed the goal and i didn't know like we didn't have a system down where i didn't even know like let the director know if you missed it i just thought i don't know he's got tvs up there he'll figure it out <laughs> and, and um i heard this guy yell boy this screen would be great if that guy could follow the puck <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, okay, I got to figure this out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, Robbie, going back to the, the WHL hub, um, what, uh, what kind of advice do you have for Nick and I, or our crew in general while we're doing this? Cause we're going to have, it's a lot of hockey in a short period of time. A lot of eyes are going to be on it and, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to produce really. And you know, well, first of all, I'm, 
I'm happy you guys are involved because as crazy as it is and how intense it'll be and how demanding, like I, I would jump all over it. You'll crash at the end of it. Like make sure you, if you can take a few days cause you'll crash. Like it's, it's a, such a high throughout the week and, and you know, you're, you'll be like this, but it's always pretty high. Right. Um, and especially like that'll feel, even though it's technically a season, I mean, it's going to feel like a big tournament, like a Memorial cup type feeling, right. With all the teams there. And I mean, even though it's just the division, it's still like, there's still what you guys have six, seven teams in the division. Uh, seven are coming. Yeah. yeah. Five, five from Saskatchewan, two from Manitoba. And you'll have probably two games a day or. Yeah. Pretty much two games every day yeah. until the end of April. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. I mean, the, I think the hardest part is going to be the length. You know, the day to day, I think you'll be fine. It's going to be the two months. So how is that working? I've been curious with with the staff, like, is do you have to stay there the whole time or? Uh, no, like, well, I mean, I work from home anyways. Um, like that's my biggest problem is I've, I've got a full-time job. I'll be working from home. And then when I'm done work, I go live at the hockey rink for another full-time job, essentially. Camera, they're going to set it up. So the camera people never come in contact with anybody else. So they'll have the camera set up, sanitized, headset set up, sanitized. They'll walk to your camera and you won't actually be in contact with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then in the control room, they've got it set up. I'm pretty sure it's just one other person that you'll be in contact with and that'll be the same person that you're with for your right five days for weekdays and then weekends as a different crew mm -hmm. yeah but. we're we're talking like it's coming even though we're going to release this what in the middle of it um mm -hmm. so i'm sure we're going to find out more but I, I know one of the other things too like uh, the mandatory mask thing is still going to be in there it's going to be a little bit funny because i'm i'll be wearing my mask at my camera in an empty arena with no one within like 50 feet of me <laughs> yeah um but I mean, it's the law. I'll have to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I believe we're getting uh, temperature at every single time we come in. Yeah. And, and once we're in, so say it's a Tuesday and I go into the arena, once I'm in, I don't think I'm out until we're done. Yeah. That's probably, that's usually, that was the, what we had in preseason. So, I mean, in the preseason, we had the same, this was back in, you know, September, October, November, we had the exact same protocols. We just had to, we were only allowed 50 in the building outside of the hockey team. And luckily we were, cause it's considered like a business. So we were, we were allowed to do that and we have a secondary ice surface. So technically we could have had more than that and they could be spread out, but yeah, same idea. We just, I told the camera operators, like I would set up the cameras and everything for them. And then they wouldn't come up to the booth. Well, they they'd normally come up and hang out and have their supper. And, you know, it's usually a big social thing, right? Sort of like what we did in Moose Jaw, Nick. And so it was a bit strange to say like, ah, well, show up for your shift. I won't see you. I'll hear you on the headset, you know, and that's <laughs> about it. So it's really odd in that. Like it takes away the sort of the social side of it. But it's still, you still feel good to be working. You still feel good to be <laughs> doing hockey. Like it's um as strange as it'll be and and the control room is going to be strange too i mean i have i run my production with it's really kind of minim, minimal now um i just have me and the replay operator 
Uh, I used to have four up there. So and I, I could actually do all the replay too myself, but it's, you know, a bit of a load off if I have another operator, but yeah, I had to move. Normally he would sit right beside me. You know, our monitors are side by side, but I actually had to move the whole system. And luckily it's a big broadcast booth. So I, I moved it like 10 feet away and, and set up a few monitors so that he could see what I was doing. And, you know, it, it worked out fine, but the control room's a bit strange because normally you're, you know, you're on top of each other in a way and you can look over each other's shoulder at stuff. So you have to rely on that communication more than anything. Right. But I think a lot of that does go back to like that initial setup and, and what you started there as well was, um, so like when you came, when we got the big scoreboard and you came in and started helping out, that's when we set up all those, the, the proper things to get the stream out, the proper things to do all this, you know, it sounds dumb, but like having the, the fiber optic wire there was huge. Right. And, and they brought that in specifically for it. And that's, that's why we're getting the hub. Yeah, it was wild. Like I remember. I think Brand Center was probably one of the first to get the fiber. And I'll never forget that first speed test because when was that? 2015? Something like that? Yeah, I don't even remember. I know. It's so long ago. Uh, yeah, that first speed test where I saw it like throttling the 250. Like, I, was, I remember taking pictures and videos like, look at this, right? And then <laughs> what? A year later, everybody had it in their house, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, with all that said, too, are, I, I'm not sure if you're going to get to watch any of the dub games. I kind of hope you do. And specifically for one thing, if you watch, let us know so that we can make sure to get Robbie's clap into into that game some way, <laughs> just so you can see it. It's still it's still loaded in there. <laughs> I'm not sure if it is. I know Ryan was talking that it's it's still kicking around, so oh, we might man. have to find it. But we'll we'll have to make sure we can get Robbie's clap in there. It was always good entertainment. You know what's a a video that seems to just make its way around the rings is the uh, put your hands up in the air, put your hands up in <laughs> yeah. the air, put your hands up in the air, put your hands up. We in still the play air. that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We won't let it go. It's the number oh, yeah. one request of all camera guys. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> hilarious. Like, I don't know who that guy is, and I don't even remember where it came from. We call him Corn Rose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it's actually, uh, man, I, I did some search. Sorry, what was it? Denzel. Denzel, that's correct, yeah. That's I follow him on Facebook, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I started after I found out who it was. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, you made this one, uh, I wish that you, if you find it, you need to send it where it was like two, it was like King Kong. It was two dinosaurs or whatever. And it was like, let's load it up. You. You, okay. We got to get Robbie to share his screen. Cause I've been trying to tell everybody you're going to make, you want me to make you the host or you're going to play it over there. I think he's just going to play it on that screen. Okay. Yeah. But nobody believes me that this video exists <laughs> and it's awesome. It's one of the best, like. I don't it's know. It's funny. pretty. It's pretty tough to top Robbie's clap. Well, this one's funny, and it also pumps them up. Like everybody loves this video. It's one of the oh. best ones. I don't have the speaker set up, but wait, here it comes. Here it comes. We will, we will rock you. <laughs> There's Godzilla and King Kong. It's the yeah, best it's though. Bad. It's so that, good. That one 
is my number one requested at Chief Games. Number one. I'll, I'll spend all this time on these super high-end noise meters and make noise and all that, and this one gets the most out of it, like the the gorilla. Do you still have uh, Ryan's email? Uh, Broco? So. Yeah. You should totally send it to him. Well, he doesn't believe you? Uh, nobody believes me that this we've, video exists. Yeah, we've never seen it at a Pats game, but it, it would be good to get it out. Yeah, that one's at a few rings too, I think, but... Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, there's these ones that like it's in standard def, and I'm not. I'm not joking. I played that. I first started playing that with the Chillock Bruins in like 2006. It's awesome. Yeah, like, um, that's sad too. <laughs> it's a good video though. <laughs> no, but it's just that it's been that long. Like, I can't believe how long. Like I was updating my website the other day because that's something I never do. And I'm like, you know what? I should probably start because I had a couple people ask me for it and stuff. So, <laughs> and I was updating, you know, description. I was like, wow, like I really have been doing it this long and it's impressive and depressing <laughs> at the same time. I, like sometimes I just feel like, man, maybe I should be doing more. I've been doing this since 2000. I kind of got sidetracked. I don't even know. <laughs> well, going back to what you said about training people and being like, that's an area. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Th I still train people almost the exact same way that you taught me to do replay. So it's like, yeah. and yeah. I've sat in the booth now countless times, like where a new person comes in. I'll show them for a period, let them go for a period. I'll do the yeah. third, you know, like that same way that you taught me to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, I do yeah. use that all the time now. I think I had a tendency back then. I don't want to say like, I don't know if, if ego is the right word, but I think I'm a better, I'm a better listener now. Like I'm a, I, <laughs> I if I know like for you, you're a perfect example. Like you, you're, you have always been an amazing camera operator and I was always really impressed with what you did. But what I didn't do enough is like, I didn't do enough to learn from you. Like I should have asked you more questions and I should have, you know, and I think like I tried to, I don't know. I think there were op opportunities where you're like, Oh yeah, this is what I do. And like, even just shooting with a DSLR back then, I like I never did. And now I think back, I'm like, wow, I had someone who is like one of the best around me and I should have learned more from you. I should have said, Hey, Nick, could I try that? Or <laughs> what do you do to get this look? Or, you know, and as simple as I remember even an, an audio question or thing you had, you were, I wanted to bring in a couple mics and there was two channels. And I remember even thinking like, uh, I, I think it was just the stress of the fact that we're in the middle of a shoot, but I always think back to that and go like, Nick was trying to tell me that if you put the two inputs in and have the two channels, then on the, the premier line, you're going to have two separate audio tracks and that you could do whatever you want with. And it, do you remember that? I do vaguely where I think I said to pan the one hard left, pan the other one hard right. Yes. Here, and then here you the, have your two tracks. Yeah. The it real question like is the real question, Robbie is, is did you, when Nick mentioned that over the radio, did you go, Nick, you're just a camera guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I've, I've only had to say that a few times to people. <laughs> no, there, there are times where I, I've had to do that, where someone just speaks up way too much and, you know, okay, like stick, focus on your job. I've had to do that a few times, but luckily over the years, like not many, but no, we were, I think it was Nick for the hall of uh, hall of fame video. And we were shooting up on the concourse. And I do we had remember a bunch that shot. Like, I remember the shot more than anything else. Cause I remember it was kind of a cool shot. Yeah, you were panning, and uh, yeah, it was it was really awesome. You know what, man? Like, don't take that stuff too hard. Like at, at that time, like here's the reality of the situation. And and speaking from the Pats, I I'm pretty sure you went through the same thing with Moose Jaw, where the Pats used to have two camera operators at best. They could only put out one stream. Whatever stream they captured was that's the one that they could do the replay from, and and that's what went up on the the scoreboard then all of a sudden in a year they went to four cameras all this extra stuff that they had to deal with so it's unfair to put that sort of pressure on yourself like i should have listened to nick more like realistically who cares? <laughs> nobody wants oh, to do oh, that <laughs> well, over, over time no, you could have done yeah, that right yeah i mean i had a lot on my plate and it's fair enough but i think that's i think that's what comes with experience is despite having all these million things going on in your head just taking that second to go okay this person's probably better at this than me and they're trying to help so really think about what they're saying as opposed to like being a little bit narrow-minded or just stubborn right like no no this is the way we're going to do it and that's something that i've learned over time right as hindsight's great advice though that really yeah. is like great advice to yeah. bring into it is but in that moment it's just so hard and like i said hindsight's 2020 man yeah but it's funny how those little things like there's certain moments that really stick out as like teaching moments and for some reason that one sticks out and <laughs> yeah just the way that you know the process of training staff is always sort of stuck with me and um i basically mimic all of the stuff like so this past year um ryan put me in as the director for the pat stuff mm -hmm. and i basically just uh did a carbon copy the best that i could of robbie snooks directing the show <laughs> actually to put put this into perspective nick and i after games we'd have these talks about like things of of what to do right so we would be like well we hate that every single face off's the same thing and they, they do the same rotation of cameras like mix it up once in a while right nick gets in to direct and what does nick do same rotation of cameras <laughs> yeah. um we gotta we should probably start moving on to the next segment yeah. of our show but before we do that i've got two really quick questions that they're totally like uncamera related pretty much but i have to ask them <laughs> and the first question is is nick i believe you are going 42 days straight with the whl hopefully um robbie how long does nick's marriage last <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he just, by doing that, he's added <laughs> ten, 10 years to it. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the second question I have to ask, and I'm not even sure if Nick knows this. He's never mentioned it, uh, but I had to do some Googling. And I have to know, how many grapes can you fit in your mouth? <laughs> 
Well, I, it's a loaded question because it depends <laughs> on the size of the grape. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the most I ever did was, it's kind of a fun story. I w- it was in front of much music in the corner there. And I was doing it for another show. And I actually, I actually did over 70. It was just the way the grapes worked out. Uh, but, and then when I was in New York, they gave me these massive grapes that I thought were just hundred percent genetically <laughs> implanted because they were massive. And I was still, I told them I could do 50. So that was the only time where my cheeks actually hurt for a couple of days. <laughs> Normally they don't, right? But they did. And you didn't know that you had, you had to Google that. <laughs> I had to, I never knew it. You never knew that? No. All these years. You know, one of these things like, so with camera people, it's kind of funny. Uh, Hirsch Miller made fun of me for Googling them, but I'm like, well, what, what don't I know about them? What, that's how I found the coin. And then, yeah, going through this, like basically 90% of what I found on Robbie Snooks was grape related. I know. I, sometimes I feel embarrassed about it. And then, but then I said, well, you know what? There could be worse things that come up if I, you get your name Googled, right? (laughs) Like it's, this is actually not a bad thing. It's a funny icebreaker. And you know what? It's part of the reason why originally I called my company GGP, like Grape Guy Productions. (laughs) And I thought, I thought people would ask me, oh, what does it stand for? And I'm not kidding. I don't think anyone ever asked me (laughs) what it stood for. And it was just for fun. I was in the backyard with my roommate and, and she brought out a big bowl of grapes just to snack on while we were studying. It was like one of the first nice days in April. And and it just I used to always pull pranks and it just crossed my mind. Like, I'm going to just keep putting these in my mouth and see if she, how long it takes her for to notice. And I did the whole bowl. And then she finally looked over and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> She grabbed the camera, took a picture, and that was like on our wall for the longest time. You know, this is pre-YouTube, pre-Facebook, everything. And and then finally... When the wall was actually a wall. Oh, yeah, the yeah. wall was a wall. Yeah. yeah um, we actually post pictures on the wall. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, we've got that uh, other piece, which is a, a uh, showdown between Nick and I. Uh, to do to share with you and we only got eight minutes to do it so nick if you want to start off and share so what we need you to do robbie is to basically nick and i were given a subject about an hour ago uh was the new world i believe is that right nick yeah the new world so we had to take a photo or realistically grab something from our archives uh as to what represents the new world and you get to judge that and one of us nick or i is going to be the winner all right we'll share mine first uh, so i was going through stuff and the i figured you know what's more new world than facebook now this doesn't look like much but my take of the new world was is that it's a hopefully it keeps working this is the bar in Pilot Butte called Broncos. Great place if you've ever been there. But it's a, a 360 degree photo uh, that I took of the place and posted and gave it to them. A little bit choppy, but I think you get the idea of what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So that that was my take of the new world that I could conjure up in less than an hour. Um, what I didn't do was I didn't just take a picture of my office. Um, that's what I didn't do. <laughs> 
Um, but what I did do was I captured the new world of... Um, it integrates tech, video. There's a little microphone there. Um, microphone, stand, light. It's not just picture of my office that I did. A lot of that looks pretty old to me, Nick. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I didn't just take a picture of my office, though, and just load it up. So, Robbie, I, I know <laughs> this is really putting you on the spot, but I guess you have to pick one of those to win. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Beauties. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter your rhyme or reason, but we do have a scoreboard. We're keeping count. Wow. Hmm. You know what's not fair is what's not fair is Nick and I have more of a history, so <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm gonna try not to be super biased. Although Emmer, you did get your teeth cleaned by my wife, so um, you probably don't remember that. <laughs> I actually do. I have your I, business card because I think you gave her your business card, and I still yeah, have it. She was asking about it. Yeah, got black ice, whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Ooh. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go with Nick for one reason is that you could have taken that picture before the store opened or the bar opened. <laughs> we, we, do you know what? Uh, I'll let Nick have this one. He needs it in a bad way. Because uh, he's, he's well, down What's the scoreboard at right now? It's 3-2. It's, it's kind of hard to see, but it is 3-2. Three, three, two. Two. Okay. Um, and, sec and also because you're wearing a Flyers jersey. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, the Flyers thing. So this is actually a Ron Hextall jersey. Oh, so cool. We're, we're working in the in the dub and uh, former Brandon Weeking. Yes. I have his rookie card. That's awesome. Ron Hextall. That I, so I you... managed to get at one point. Now, to carry on for our next show, you get to pick what our next our next challenge is. It can be anything you want. A subject matter do it with a certain thing, anything you want. This is way too easy. Who can stuff the most grapes in their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I guess we got to have photo evidence of yeah. it. Yeah. And I'll give you an up. Uh, you could, like, obviously I could do at least 50 or whatever. So uh, I'd, I'd be really happy if one of you could do at least 25. I and like I'll, I'll tell you why. I was in New York City. And I got invited <laughs> to be on a show for the Animal Planet called uh, Most Extreme because they wanted to compare me to cap, you know, hippopotamuses in captivity <laughs> because because <laughs> that's their favorite snack. Were, were, we're grapes, like treat, and uh, so there, we we're in. Um, I think we we're in George Washington Square, one of those ones we're allowed to film without a permit and. This guy came up and saw what we were doing. He's like, oh, I could beat you. I could beat you. And he he barely did 25. So when he saw <laughs> me do like 50, 60, he changed his tune. He, he couldn't, he was so impressed. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, um, well, we're going to run out of time here. Uh, so we better let you go, Robbie. Uh, yeah. Thanks for doing this. It's been a blast. It's been good catching up. And yeah, thank you so much for again for doing this. Thanks for yeah, coming no, on, Robbie. No problem. If I could finish with, um, this is actually, this has been really good, but it's also really tough because this reminds me of how much joy I got out of being in Moose Jaw and Regina. 
And I don't really remember too much of the technical stuff, but what crosses my mind every day is, are, are you guys and, and the other people that I worked with? And we had, we had this common thing. And to me, it just translated no matter, you know, what game we were doing or how well the night went. And, and I've, I've honestly haven't had the same since. And so no matter what I end up doing or where I end up being, like, I'll, I'll always cherish that time that I spent in Regina and Moose Jaw and the relationships that I had there. Um, absolutely. It's always good people that make the difference at the end of the day. So, um, uh, thanks to you, Robbie, for being a part of that as well. Yes. Thank um, you. With that said, Nick, I don't think we need to say too much else. Uh, people can catch up with Robbie at ggpvideo.com. I believe it's for the win media. And as well, if, if you Google him, you'll see all his Twitter <laughs> and LinkedIn and all that stuff. Um, but I think that's enough for us today, Nick. So I guess we'll leave you with that. And uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Right on. See everybody next time. Gotta reset something here, Nick. I'll be back. Sounds good. <laughs> Bush, Bush League. Yeah, yeah it's amateur hour. It's just you camera guys. I've been having some problems, eh? Like mine just yeah, cut out there that one time. Out. I just ignored it. Just like. Good. That's kind of what I hoped you guys did. Hey guys, do you know Pro is only $20 a month? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut into my fun money. I have like three mic options. Okay. So yeah, I've I mean, got this... my boom today. Cool. So are you guys Let's, okay uh... with the light in here or do you want me to adjust anything? I so stay your out hand, of it. I think your hand is bumping the mic. Oh, so, oh yeah, you know what? It probably is. Sorry, Sorry I can't. I have to. Uh, oh, no, no, no. The technician uh, in me just can't. <laughs> oh, no, you know what? You know what? Yeah, like, don't be afraid to interrupt me because. Yeah, yeah, I'll step away from the table. That's good. This is actually really clean. Like most of the time <laughs> I have like a bunch of other stuff piled up. I'll have like, yeah, I got like XLR cables. Like this is actually as organized as it ever is. And of course they got on the phone right away. Robbie, what's this about the grapes? Like <laughs> that was a fun night actually. It was Halloween special. So I went up against the U.S. hamburger stuffing champion to put the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was to put the most Halloween peeps, like those little marshmallowy things, in, right? And it was an awesome night because, like, Tom Cruise was on the show, Betty White, Tom Arnold. Like, it was just one of those really good lineups, like on a Friday night or something. And I got to meet them all. And Tom Cruise was actually super nice. Like, he wasn't crazy at all. And Betty White was so sweet. She had no idea who I was, but. She treated me really well and and as if I was someone special. And I'm like, nah, I'm just the guy here stuffing grapes. But... <laughs> here, I'll show you something, actually. I don't keep too many memorabilia things around my office, but um, this is actually what was on my door, like my, uh, my dressing room. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Just I realized I wore the same shirt for both shows. I meant to change it. I don't know about it. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> well, at least we got one. <laughs> I think that was good. <laughs>